seeing much of it these days <laughs> greetings and salutations ladies and gentlemen welcome back to three-man weave three-man weave is brought to you by the good folks at chair shot radio network in conjunction with thechairshot.com always use your head and use your heads you shall we ask we implore we insist that if you enjoy the content we provide day in and day out here at the chair shot the best way to make sure we keep providing that content day in and day out here at the chair shot is by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and picking up an official chair shot t-shirt i guarantee you you're gonna find something you like all you got to do is peruse and seeing as how it's monday we're recording this on president's day which is president's week Perhaps if you type in the promo code President's Day, you might get 20% off at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Again, I'll be trying to help y'all out. I, it's kind of a running gag here, and Tony rolls his eyes every time I throw out promo codes. But you know something? It might work. What do you have to lose? You're already at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up an official chair shot t-shirt. So while you're there at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up an official chair shot t-shirt, you might as well type in the promo code President's Day into ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up an official chair shot t-shirt. Please and thank you, thank you, and please. I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. As always, I'm joined by the commissioner, Mr. PC Tunney, and Ray Cash, and Raymond. You got a little bit of weather deep in the heart around now. That's what the word around the campfire is. I feel like this is what Siberia feels like. So what did you get? Chris... No, let's start here. What did, what, did, what how much what did you get? Snow, what's the temperature? Tell me the, the amount of time this took. Well, it's not so it, it's it's barely any snow, but it's it's an ice storm. So like all of the streets are completely iced out. There was like maybe two inches or fourth of ice on the roads this what's morning. What's the temperature? All of I think it's eighteen right now. All right, it's cold. By by Siberia, he meant the uh, he was talking about the Siberian Trans Communal Orchestra. So basically, it was basically it was raining in about forty ish degrees, and then the temperature dropped, and it continued to precipitate, right. and it froze. It, it, and it was so, officially called sleeting. Yes, right. Yes. But but everybody knew the temperature was going to drop, right? So like even like a good half a day before this started to happen, the people that do the for other forecasting were like, "Hey, we're going to have freezing rain and temperatures are going to drop. The things are going to get slippery, right?" Like that was told to all of you before. No, good, yeah. good twelve hours we before shut, it started, right? Days. Okay. We shut down. Like uh, my my kid's school was shut down. We knew. So they were off Friday and and uh, and today, Monday, as we're recording, for President's Day. But they also were off tomorrow, and they let us know that Thursday, Friday. 
we've we've been preparing to like hunker down for Monday and Tuesday at least. It may go longer depending on, but we just don't have the infrastructure road-wise to you know go out there and try to make it on places. We've already had pileups. You I don't know if you guys saw that hundred and eight car pileup in Fort Worth the other day. Yeah, like that's what happens in the South. We don't we're not prepared for. We don't have debrining systems. We don't have desalination systems. We don't have any of this stuff. We 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 just don't stand on the ground and be like, "I'd fix." Well, you have and a it's gr- not. you have a great vocabulary. That's what you do have. Thank you, sir. Thank you, yeah, You probably also don't have any bread or water left in the grocery stores either, do you? Oh no, bro. We <laughs> look. My household, <laughs> we're quite prepared. We know we, we know when to go shopping and when not to. Yes. So Ray, we're good. Ray but, Stock, there's like 700 cans of Chef Boyardee ravioli in his pantry right now. <laughs> man, look. So, true story. When when um uh, the pandemic started and everybody was buying all those, you know, just killing with all the toilet paper for whatever reason, yes, my family were the ones that bought like eight 24 rolls of toilet paper. Still don't know why. So that gives you an idea of what my family does when it gets to situations like this. We're prepared. We we did that too, though. I'm not gonna lie. It got so bad we started importing toilet paper. Amber's mom would start sending us toilet paper and hand sanitizer and paper towels and alcohol and shit because you couldn't find it here. So I feel that's, you on that. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, we had a we had a connect apparently with somebody who worked at the docks because I. So if you, if you in the area of Houston where I live, I live right down the street from the Ship Channel. My grandfather retired from the Ship Channel, so we had a connect that was like, oh well, ain't no. There's no shipment coming for like such and such, so go get all the toilet paper. Of course, nice. our dumbasses was like, "Oh, let's go get it." Yeah, it's a shame. Nice, nice. But Tony, you don't understand, man, because you know you and I we're both from the Midwest, so we look at this as like I, we scoff at it. Hell, I, I learned how to drive in a blizzard. That's why my dad taught me in a blizzard because it blizzards in the Midwest. But being, you know, I've been in the South for a few years now, and. Yeah, they're not prepared for this shit at all, man. A little bit of uh, freezing precipitation falls from the ground. Yeah, shit shuts down. And it's probably for the best because even when it rains, these melon farmers act like they forget the basic tenets of how to drive, you know? And well, we, we, no, we you're wrong. We don't know how to drive in general. But please. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But, I mean, yeah, we don't even have salt trucks. And I'm looking like, God damn, y'all can't sprinkle some Lowry's on these motherfucking streets so we can keep it moving like an escalator? You know how much salt costs in, in the grocery store? And you going to put that on the street? <laughs> what? Different, different kind of salt. <laughs> Completely different. I like where your head's at, Chris, though. That's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Well, Lowry's, uh, baby. <laughs> we are definitely branching out here at the Chair Shot. Not only are we covering sports entertainment and sports entertainment we got your back when it comes to weather so tune in every week to three-man weather that's me rance and chris three-man weather brought to you by the chairshot.com we're basically turning into good morning america i like it we we just need a, a an attractive or at least a moderately attractive blonde and we in there yeah, back in my day, I used to be more attractive and blonde. Let's talk about some sports. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Ed Cool J with the triumphant comeback. More But tonight, don't call it a comeback. UFC 258 over the weekend. What a card and what a main event 
former partners in training and sparring, now frenemies, would not bump gloves before the fight, but would embrace afterwards. I believe all the hate is out between them. But Kamara Usman definitely feels like he has a, a, a chip on his shoulder to me. I mean, even after the fight, his interview, he told people it's about time you start putting some respect on my fucking name. So, with that being said, Ray brought up an excellent question. Is Kamara Usman the best welterweight ever in the UFC? And I'll add to that, is he the pound-for-pound best in the UFC right now? You you stole the words out of my mouth. That's exactly the first words I was going to say. He is pound-for-pound the best MMA fighter in the world right now. Ray is, okay, he disagrees with that, but... I haven't seen anybody that I thought was more impressive than him. Well, okay, so if we're we're assuming Habib is retired, we're yes, fair. yes, okay, yeah, yeah. So I'll give you three people I'd put right lock in step with Kamaru Usman. Stipe, you have to put him lock in step with that, I think, because Stipe, if you go by the numbers, is the greatest heavyweight of all time in MMA. It doesn't feel right, but the numbers wise, he is. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> Stylebender, Stylebender, who's fighting it, it very soon in 259. And again, I, this is this is no diss to you, you guys, or anybody, but I just feel like our patriarchy doesn't allow us to respect women. Amanda Nunes is the best fighter in the world. Not even close. I don't even think it's close. I Amanda Nunes is the best and most dominant MMA fighter in the world. That That's very, very true. And I guess you could say that pound for pound in that way. I, I don't know that that necessarily translates, considering... Meaning, if Nunez and Usman were at the same weight, that she would beat. They were Usman. at the same. Yeah, she I would, think she, I, there's yeah. not a chance in hell. There's not a chance that let's we're, let's not have that conversation. I think you can okay. have to separate. I think it's apples and oranges. To be honest with you, okay. right? I can't ever have a kid, but there'll never be a woman that runs the fast. There'll ne- the fastest woman on the planet will never run a faster 100 meters than the fastest man on the planet. And if you want to at me at PC Tony, go ahead. That perspective doesn't come from a point of view from hatred. It comes from a point of view and a perspective of history and science. No, I mean, look, you're not wrong. And I'm not saying having a baby in a bad way, because that's probably the most important thing you can do on the face of this planet, you know, not running 100 meters. So I hope people understand what I'm saying in that perspective. So you're coming from a scientific perspective and you're right. You're you're factually correct. I just don't want people to lose sight of how great Amanda Nunes is because she's a woman. She's so great. I think she's, she's like spider in the world. Yeah, most dominant and best in her whatever category. I mean, definitely, one hundred percent agree with you. Uh, you think I'm about to get on here and shit on that woman after the shit? <laughs> I mean, if okay, you wanna... well, Platt, let me let, <laughs> me, let me lead, let me lead you in. Let me lead you in because well, I have some numbers here. If we're talking greatest welterweights, at least. Okay, let's stay there um, for now. GSP is number His one. record is 26 and 2. And he, Matt avenged, Hughes, he avenged both his losses to Sarah and Hughes, right? And they yes. also have tied right now, I think, for 13 consecutive wins in the UFC. But GSP had 19 out of 20, basically. Um, yeah, and he was untouchable. Do you think. Okay, so GSP is four days younger than I am. Do you think. He's going to come out of retirement at 39 for a match against Usman. I don't think he can do it. Oh, 
hope not. That's I don't want him to. GSP is my he, favorite of all time. I'll never say he's Usman's. I say Usman's second for now. Go ahead. I'm Because he walked away, what, four or five years ago? Because he was talking about how shit was fucked up. Like, I, I listened to that press conference, and it was very disturbing. I mean, but he's a fighter. I get it. Um, I'm not going to say that Usman is at that level yet. George St. Pierre, he's the GOAT in the welterweight division right now. Do I think Usai... Usman can get there most definitely but as of right now yeah you gotta go GSP all time well, at least well so to go back to the numbers 26 and 2 and both of his both of his uh, losses were avenged Matt Hughes is 45 and 9 Matt Hughes is a guy we, we, we don't respect enough because history has not been kind to him right but you're you're not in this conversation take away Usman you're not gonna say Matt Hughes is a better welterweight all time than GSP. I mean, basically, Usman no. comes along. GSP is basically before John Jones. It was the greatest UFC fighter of all time. Period. End of story. Like, well, no, 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 no. We're not going to disrespect the good goddamn name of Anderson Silva. We're not going to do that. A lot okay? of people would argue we're, GSP we're over Anderson Silva. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm. We're tangenting. I'm sorry. Please continue. No, you know, you know, and, okay. and that's a fair like question because Anderson deserves to be in this conversation too. I'm not comparing GSP and Sarah. I'm comparing Sarah and not Sarah, uh, Matt Hughes and uh, Usman. For, and and again, history isn't kind on on Matt Hughes because guys of his ilk in that era just fought too long, which is where these these losses came at the end of their career. Like you look at a guy like Chuck Liddell, his career was much better than what his record shows because he fought too long. So now Usman is only he's 18 and one. And he's never lost the UFC. That's amazing, right? Guys won't fight. I think you're going to see a gigantic drop in guys not fighting too long anymore because there's more money now, right? Even the top of the top had to continue fighting past their prime. Maybe be, maybe if they would have had a little bit more money in the checkbook, they would have stopped earlier. No, oh, okay. death, no, death, taxes, and fighters holding on too long. It doesn't matter what discipline it is, whether it's boxing, professional wrestling, MMA, that's always going to be the case. These melon farmers don't save their money. They go out and get about five, six baby mamas. The tax man cometh. You know, maybe there's a paternity suit or whatever the case may be. Like, that's always going to be a thing. It just is what it is. Now, to be fair with Usman, I do have recency bias because I thought Masvidal was going to... I thought Masvidal was going to knock his ass out. I thought his I thought his power would be too much for Usman, and he did after the first round he dismantled that man. But that wasn't a fair. I don't think it was a yeah, fair fight. He had a week. Yeah, what about a week? Which is why yeah. Usman's calling him out because number one, Masvidal got the biggest mouth in the, in the division, if not in the game. But I think Usman knows I want to beat him at his best because that's only going to show how much better I am because he already destroyed Kobe Covington. What's what's left for him now, Leon Edwards? It is. It's Leon Edwards or Masvidal, and that's basically what you're looking at because Gilbert Burns is going to have to come back around. Like you said, he already beat Colby Covington. I mean, he beat Tyron Woodley. I don't know who's coming up in this division. Uh, that I is think really he goes. Great. Here's the thing though. I mean, you look at other fights for Usman McGregor and Magomedov. I don't think either of them step up 15 pounds to fight Usman. And, and if you're, if you're Connor and I know Connor's money hungry and he has a, a, a otherworldly belief in himself. But if you can't beat the best wrestler in your division, you're going to go beat the best wrestler. Well, 15 I think Dana said it. Dana White said it best. I think he was on first take Friday 
to promote UFC 258, and they asked him about Connor, and he said Connor is not hungry anymore. He kind of took his giant yacht into a beautiful, secluded place and trained for a shorter amount of time and came in and didn't take Poirier lightly. I mean, didn't take him seriously. And you could see in the stance, he got his, his leg got fucking destroyed and he got his ass kicked. I mean, that's basically what I Dana be- White said. I, I believe somebody on these airwaves uh, said that very thing right after the fight. I, I believe that that was a thing. It pisses me off when people more famous than me say things I say because then people look at them oh my god you're such a genius you're so clairvoyant and it's like hey I'm in this own little corner of the internet here by myself just yelling at the clouds and shit saying the same goddamn thing that you hear months later down the line on television and nobody pays it any attention give me my goddamn flowers welcome to history my brother yeah <laughs> <laughs> now yeah. <laughs> I don't I, I would put Usman second I, you would put him over Matt Hughes right now. No, no, no. I'm talking about pound for pound in the UFC. Yeah, I would oh, put him second, and I would put him second over Matt Hughes right now. Okay. The run he's having, so, I mean, he's won 17 fights in a row. Yeah, it's crazy. So who's number one in your pound for pound then? Over over him right now. If we're if we're excluding women and just doing a men's pound for pound, would you style bender? I mean, Nurmagomedov Madoff would be to me just because I don't think he's actually retired. But if you had took him out of it. And you took out John Jones, obviously, because neither of them are active. I guess you would have to say Usman, but this is leading to me making a short little segue and us a slight turn in the fact that coming up at UFC 259, we're going to have Jan Blakowicz taking on the, the, the light heavyweight champion is taking on the middleweight champion, Israel Adesanya. If Adesanya goes up and beats Blackowitz and is the middleweight and light heavyweight champion, there's no question he's pound for pound greatest in the fucking world. I don't even care what Nurmagomedov does. Um, I disagree with you. I mean, I, I agree. I, I do completely agree with you. I'm sorry. Completely agree with you. Um, how many multi... There's only been one multi um, weight class champion at the time. At, like, Simultaneously, right? Connor's the only one that's did it. I know there have been other people that have won in multiple divisions, but only one that's won both belts at the same time. Well, I'm not the expert here. The only one I know of is Connor, but again, I, I bow to you all's expertise. Keep going. I'm going to look that up. BJ Penn's won like in like four different weight classes, but he just. But not simultaneously. Not, not simultaneously. Yeah. Um, and that's a big jump from 185 to 205. That's a big jump. Um, it's not a catch weight. It's at 205. Um, I, I worry about him on the back end. Because, well, you know. Adesanya? Yeah, because okay. there's precedent for that sort of thing. You remember when Roy Jones jumped okay. up so, and, and fought uh, Ruiz and won the heavyweight title? Yeah, he was but Henry, Henry, Henry Cejudo. Oh, oh, Henry, so, so. Henry Cejudo just did it and retired. Oh, that's right. He did win, uh, what was it, Feather and um, Bantam? Yeah. Amanda Nunes. Okay. Amanda Nunes. Oh, well, she's got all the damn belts. And DC. <laughs> DC also was multi. Oh, okay. So okay. there's been four. There's been four. He's trying to become the fifth. Cejudo, McGregor, DC, Daniel Cormier, and Amanda Nunes. That's, that's, that's Hall of Fame worthy uh, 
candidates. I think he can do it. I think he can do it. He's been a beast in a division that is fucking ridiculous. The middleweight division in the UFC is just... It's another unbelievable top division. (laughs) You just look at all the people they have there. My only fear, though, is whenever you move up in the weight class in 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 a fighting sport, the power is so much different. And Adesanya is essentially a, a, a silver clone in that so much of his skill is his ability to dodge and to beat and not get hit, essentially. And um, you get hit by a light heavyweight guy, a guy 20 pounds heavier, who's probably walking around at 230 on a regular basis. It's going to feel a lot different. Yeah, but he's he's taller. He's 6'4". He's got an extra right. two inches of reach on him. I'm just I, if he can stay off the ground, I think he's got a real shot. And see, I'm thinking, okay, well, if it goes to the ground, if he can avoid getting hit, and it goes to the ground, because it, it, I mean, wrestling, jujitsu, that's geometry. You know what I mean? It's all about leverage. So I think that if it does go to the ground and it gets a little ugly, I think he has a, a better advantage as as opposed to trying to sit in there and swing with a guy that's 20 pounds his you know his senior and that's 20 pounds fighting so when he's not fighting he might be walking around with an extra 10 or 20 pounds on him you know what i mean he's, he's yeah not yeah. many fighters walk around at their fighting rate fighting no rate. so um but that look that's a that's a fight to, to pay attention to because you know out wants jones right that's a fight he's been clamoring for and Jones is interested in moving up to heavy. If Adesanya can pull, pull this off, I think that would entice Jones to stay at light for one more fight. Well, everybody wants Jones. That's the money fight. If you can't get Connor, you go get Bones. Yeah. Right. Well, let's talk about the other two championship matches on this card for UFC 259. Amanda Nunes taking on Megan Anderson. I don't know a lot about Megan Anderson. I don't know that a lot of people that do. Maybe Ray and Mags will have a better conversation for Thursday's edition of Chair Shot Radio. Uh, I can't believe Nunez is going to be any less than probably minus three to 400 for this fight. But another very interesting division is the bantamweight division. And Peter Jan is that champion taking on the number one contender, Aljamain Sterling. And Sterling in his last fight beat Corey Sandhagen. So someone very deserving of a title shot here. I'll start with Ray. Do you think that the young American Aljamain Sterling can take advantage in the title shot and beat Peter Jan? No man, I don't know enough about the about Sterling. I know Peter Yan is a beast, but Peter Yan is fast as all, all hell. Um, and they normally are at that level, but like he's another level of fast. Um, and I've seen his fights, and he has like I won't say he's buzzed through his competition, but he is a decisively better. He's a decisive champion, and decisively better than the past few guys I've seen him fight. I don't know about enough about Sterling to see it, but I do know the old adage in wrestling is you have to beat the champion. I, I take back the adjective I used in comparison to how I feel these days. 30-year-old Aljamain Sterling is young to me, but he is by far not a infantile UFC fighter. So, yeah, I, I'm just looking forward to that. That's that's one of the best cards of the year, no matter what happens, I think. Those three fights being all together. Oh, yeah. and Megan Anderson? Barbecue chicken. <laughs> Oh, you know, I was there with Kobe. You know, it's just, you know, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, whatever, whatever. Whatever, I just had to get that out there. 
I don't know anything about those melon farmers, man. Now, I will say this. I did see Peter Yang in a preliminary bout recently. I think it was in, within the last six months. One of the, the, the super cards, and he was on the preliminaries, and he was very impressive. But I, I do want to double back real quick because Ray did bring up a really good point. And I don't think that Amanda Nunes gets her, her flowers because she she's a bad she's a bad bitch she's a bad melon farmer. Why do you think that she? Because I I have my thoughts, but um you know just you know Ray why do you think that she's not the draw that her talent would lead you to believe that she should be? Is it as easy as men ain't shit or? Well, that's it, that's would, that's the number one reason. But there's two reasons. Number one, she's a lesbian and she's a butch lesbian. I think that's I'm not I really think that I think that affects it. She's better looking affects, than Ronda Rosie. You think that. There's a lot of that's people that disagree. That, see, that, that's where I was going with it. That's where I was going that's with it. Not on the, yeah. yeah. I would yeah. say but go ahead. No, you finished the second reason. Go ahead. But the second reason I think is that she hasn't had good competition. Yes. And that's a problem. Thank you. Thank that's you. That's a problem with yes. the great There's women's no one there fighters. For her to fight. They don't they're the one she had, she destroyed. She destroyed Chris Cyborg. Like there is, there is nobody that can stick with her. The only fight that's out there for her to make a whole shit ton of money is Rousey, and Rousey will never, ever, ever, ever get in the octagon with her. She'd get fucking destroyed. Yep. Even if she was still in it, even if she was still in the game, fighting at her best, at her at Rousey's very best, Nunes would beat her in two rounds. We gotta we gotta move on, but we're gonna have that conversation one day, and it's basically just gonna be uh, Ray and I yelling at PC Tunney because he disagrees. We both think that Ronda was highly overrated and pumped up because she was an attractive woman. You know what I mean? But uh, we'll we'll we'll, uh, well, I'm assuming Ray. Ronda had Gina Carano is the one you're talking about. Ronda had skills, but Ronda had one skill. That's the thing. Ronda was not a fully formed martial artist. Ronda was fantastic, a fantastic judoka, and when she got you on the ground, she knew exa- she had knew exactly where to get to get to her spots. Here's my: if you stand up with her or you get her in the clinch, she is she can't be touched. She's tor- she's terrible. But we got one more UFC thing to get to, and I'll just say this: rounding up this topic, I'm not sure that I've seen any other UFC fighters on television with a beer commercial though. Because Amanda what? Nunes Does has a model. Have... Amanda Nunes has a Modelo commercial. Nobody drinks Modelo, man. I just had have a Modelo. I just had a Modelo Negro. Oh, it's excellent. It's terrible. All right, so last UFC topic here. UFC Fight Night coming up the next two weekends in a row. Blades Lewis Rosenstruck game. It's almost like a tournament for number one contendership. Although Blades Lewis seems like the number one contender. Rosenstruck trying to get back into it after getting his ass knocked out by Naganu. All of this leading to March twenty seventh, UFC two sixty. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Miocic and Gano, two. You want to go first? You want me to go? I I think if Pancho Villa pissed in a bottle and they set it out in the sun for five days, that's Modelo, and that's why they wrap it up in the foil so you can't smell the piss and it tricks you into actually buying the beer. Platt's officially done talking till next topic. Ray, your thoughts on Miocic <laughs> and Nagano 2 as we wrap up the UFC here on Three Man Weave right here on the Chairshot Radio Network. Conventional wisdom would have you think that if Nagano can get him square, he has such great power, they'll knock Miocic out. But yet every fighter Miocic has fought has had that kind of power for So I and he he has shown that he has a chin of stone. And he has also shown that 
Nobody's touching him in the cardio. He's going five rounds every time. If like he is, he is going to outlast you. He's going to out strategize you. He's going to outfight you. So I think it comes to how smart can Ngano be with his game plan, and and going after the spots that uh, Stipe is he he lacks in, because Stipe is a good Stipe is a really good really good at stand up. Stipe has a decent takedown defense. Ngano isn't known for his wrestling, but if he can get him down and get some ground and pound on him, I think that'll be the chance he he has best to kind of take this. He's going to have to beat him. It's, if it's going five, Stipe retains. He's going to have to stop this fight. Can't wait to see all the excellent cards and bouts coming up. Dana White continues to do a phenomenal job, and boy, sooner than later, we're going to have that electric intensity of a crowd at a UFC fight. Folks, give me a second. We'll be right back. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlay, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. NFL season has come to fruition, but there is still plenty to talk about on the NFL side of things. Let's start with the newest defensive legend, free agent, J.J. Watt, gentlemen. Houston just seems to not want and be allergic to any star that the Texans have. Ray, I see you shaking your head. Just first, what are your thoughts of seeing the franchise of the town you live in continue to deny itself talented players. You don't claim them. I don't claim them. Thank no, you but you're there. The but you're there. I said the town you live in. I didn't say the yeah. fan, the team you're a fan of. We're becoming the new Browns. Platypus. We're becoming the new Browns. Um, true story. They made a great decision by letting them go. Mm. I think. Mm-mm. Can you tell me a false story? Okay. Well, they should have kept them. That's a false story? I, I think they made the right decision by letting him go. I think it's horrible fucking timing. But a guy at his age, with the attrition on his body, with the money he was making, and the, and the direction the team is going, and him being the vocal and emotional leader of that team, who is against everything they've been doing. He's against Easterby. He's against the Serrano or whatever his name is. He's... Was, he's against the coach. He's against everything they've done. Sirianni. 
Sirianni, thank you. He had to go. And I think that's better for the long-term um, health and prosperity of this team. Problem is, you can't make 17 bad decisions and make one good one, and people think it's still good. You know what I'm saying? So I absolutely think it was the right move. It's just timing is terrible. Well, first and foremost, I, I think we can all agree the Browns, excuse me, the Lions are the new Browns. Uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right? And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down, all right? And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up. And then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before before long, we're going to be the last one standing. I mean, it looked pretty no, fucking funny, one, though. <laughs> that, that's never not going to be funny. Like, what are you talking about? Number two, why did the Lions head coach just cut the best wrestling promo all year? <laughs> you know, hey, no lies. Hey, the Lions coach and Pat McAfee, they killed it right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But good for J.J. Watt that he was able to get his freedom papers. And I think we can all unequivocally say, Houston, we have a problem. Because, I, man, I mean... Hey, mute that man like Tony Reilly does on... on wrong show. Wrong show. Mute that man for that. <laughs> wrong show. Oh my God, that I, was I, horrible. <laughs> let, let's just... I. Let's move on and to the point we've already, you know, exhausted the fact of what's going on in Houston. And until there's a break in the game of chicken that's going on between management and Deshaun Watson, there really isn't much else to discuss there. Where does J.J. Watt end up? I mean, obvious. the two obvious answers are Pittsburgh or Green Bay. He's from Wisconsin. His brothers are in Pittsburgh. Neither of those teams have salary cap money, although the Packers did just free up about $8 million dollars by getting T.J. Lang to restructure his contract. I'm going to throw a dark horse out here in the game. Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, Tampa Bay might Tampa might be the new LeBron. You know how all the veterans at the end of their careers they'll latch on to whatever team LeBron is on, trying to get that ring before they get up out the game. But he I would see Tampa would, Bay would, being that new. He would have to play for the minimum there. They already have to get a whole bunch of people to restructure the way it is. Like guys like Mike Evans and I can't remember whoever else are going to have to it's, restructure it's, to just get Shaq Barrett and some of the other defensive players back there. The Tampa Bay is not in a great place salary cap wise. The only place they're in a good place is they just won, and there's probably going to be enough veterans willing to restructure to allow them to give one more season for this. Once Tom Brady leaves Tampa, they're going to be fucked for two or three years. Let me tell you that right now. Tampa Bay has a lot of money free. It's just they have a lot of people free. But if you get J.J. Watt, do you need to resign Shaq Barrett? Do you need to resign uh, Justin P- Pierre-Paul? Yeah, but if you can take, if you can bring back the same model in Tampa Bay... Why would but you even not. waste your why would you even waste your time with JJ Watt? I mean JJ Watt is probably gonna want Kansas City makes more sense. Miami makes more sense than Tampa Bay to me. Who else is out there? Tennessee Titans make more sense to me than y'all, that. Y'all gonna call me a homer, but legitimately, Baltimore makes some sense because we're probably gonna use Yannick Ngakwe and Matt Judon. We need a pass rusher. And everybody's not re signing there in Tampa Bay. They can go out and get premium dollar 
talking about the players because now they have championship experience. And that's the thing. Don't get me wrong. That's the thing. So they're not going to bring everybody back. Everybody's going to go out and get paid because they just got their ring. So they're going to have an opening there. And uh, it's warm weather. I don't know if he to wants say. to go back to Wisconsin, you know, after spending, what, 12, 13 years in Houston. He wants to win a it's title. It's cold in Wisconsin, He man. wants to win a title. He grew up in Wisconsin. That doesn't bother him. He played at Wisconsin. He's not worried about any of that. Like, how many Wisconsin. years ago was that? How many years ago was that that he was in Wisconsin, man? I, well, I should. I, I was well, born in you know Cleveland. what? Would I move back to Cleveland? Fuck no. He was in it for the first 22 years of his life. I think he can reacclimate. And like Ray said, he lives there in the offseason. He, he, he has a farm in Wisconsin where he lives, lives in the offseason. So I want to agree with you so bad. And we know why you wouldn't go back to Cleveland. It's because it's Cleveland. Oh, shut up. Your town is frozen because y'all got two inches of snow. Your, uh, your, your motherfuckers flood every other year, and you want to talk shit about Cleveland. You stole my goddamn team, and you want to sit up here and talk shit about Cleveland. We flood every year. I've lost three houses, and I'd still live here before Cleveland. <laughs> you might want to rethink your priorities, sir. <laughs> Lowest right. of keys, though. He's not wrong. I have very much enjoyed this J.J. Watt conversation, and then we'll continue to cover this story whenever there is breaking news down the road. Uh, NFL free agency, I believe, begins March 17th, so we'll see what happens then. The other NFL story we have going on right now is the fact that Urban Meyer continues to think that he is going—he is an NCAA college football coach and that he has control over the situation. Welcome to the NFL. Welcome to the place Nick Zabin didn't want to be. Okay, Chris Doyle, let's not even say the name again. Go ahead. Who wants to tell the story? The guy was a horrible person where he was before. Urban Meyer said he vetted him. How the hell could you bring this guy into the NFL? This makes no sense. Go ahead, Platt. You seem like you're chomping at the bit here. Oh, no. I was going to ask Ray if he, if he wouldn't mind setting the table because I just kind of okay. ancillarily learned about this story. I was literally getting my hair cut when this news broke on ESPN how on Friday your, uh, morning. How was your birthday uh, the other day, Friday? Can we run down your... Let's Before we talk about this stupid fucking topic here, because there's not much to say. We're just going to say how wrong this guy is and that Urban Meyer's an idiot, and it doesn't bode well for the beginning of his tenure with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Chris, you just had your birthday last Friday. You're officially 40 years old. Happy birthday, my friend. My turn at that is very soon following right after you here as my older brother you are i know you had some real good plans friday i know you were gonna go get your hair did you're gonna go take care of your hands and your feet and then i know you had pinchy waiting for you when you got home to maybe you know make up some drawn butter so how'd that day go oh it was excellent and everything you said happened happened yes I, i woke up in the morning got my hair cut I went and got my, my feet and nails done because I hadn't had them done whole quarantine. I've been doing them myself. I did a little bit of shopping, bought some, you know, bought a couple of new pieces. And, yeah, got home and, and Pinchy. Well, I had to go pick Pinchy up. And this was the worst part. I felt like such a horrible human being because I had to sit there and watch them stab this melon farmer in the brain. And I, I couldn't even do it, man. I had to look away. I'm like, God damn. I told you melon farmers have it killed before I got here, and they didn't do that. And he was a fighter. You know what I mean? He, 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 he didn't, uh, what is it? What's that Dylan Thomas poem? He didn't uh, go into the, the, the darkness of the night or whatever the fuck, however the fuck it goes. <laughs> he, he didn't embrace the dying of the light. You know, I'll put it to him like that. So shout out to Pinchy on that. 
And uh, yeah, got a couple of uh, Amber bought me a couple of uh, my favorite albums ever. Miles Davis, Kind of Blue, and John Coltrane, A Love Supreme. So that was cool. And I got these cool new headphones as well. So yeah, all in all, man, damn good day. I can't let me say. Let me say, I missed you. I missed it, and I'm sorry. I've been swamped, and you know, in the midst of a war torn third world country that is Houston. Happy birthday, my brother. I love you. I hope you had a great day. And uh, I got it in my calendar, so I won't miss it the next time. And Mr. Tunney. What? Now what? Yours is coming up. Yeah, that's not for a yes, while. Sir. We got a little time. I'm still 39. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Platt, you're so old. Me and Ray are in our 30s. You're just out of touch. Do you think, Ray, do you think we should replace him? I don't know if we can have this uh... old man dragging us down here. I don't know, man. We do kind of hang around with Dave, so I mean. Oh, wow. Man, that would make the. Never mind. Love you too, Dave. All right, back to the show. Had to go over CP's birthday. Happy birthday, brother. Glad you had a great time. And uh, looking forward to many, many more. Urban Meyer, Chris Doyle, Ray, set the table yes. for us, please. Chris Doyle was a longtime strength and conditioning coach for the University of Iowa. And, I mean, it's Iowa. So apparently there was over 50 accounts not all black students but of every type of student you can imagine making complaints about him saying that he would say racist or uncomfortable things to the students like get your ass back to the ghetto or things just really really insensitive and uncomfortable things that a, a, a coach and a person of his ilk shouldn't say well apparently it was enough for him to get let go cool he's let go things happen whatever we all know Urban Meyer's history with um, the man who beat his wife and sticking up for him. We know his history of, of, stick, of sticking up for the wrong people. Urban Meyer gets hired in, uh, in Jacksonville. By all means, probably the best situation he could have been in, in in the NFL. And one of the first things he does is hires Chris Doyle. Now, he, he says he vetted Chris Doyle, and he knows him because he's known him for 20 years. So that was good enough. Didn't talk to any other people with Iowa. Didn't talk to any of the students who uh, made complaints, just hired him and said, you know what, well, the player's going to have to get used to it. We'll talk it out when we get around the players. It wasn't even damn near 24 hours later. What was it called? The Fritz, whatever it is, the first black coach in NFL history. Fritz Pollard. Fritz Pollard, he had, they, they have an institute that basically says, hey, if you're doing well in race relations with coaching and things of that nature, or you're not. Well, they wrote a scathing letter to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the one good thing that Chris Doyle has done, and we'll, I won't say his name again, is he had, the, he had the, the good conscience to just quit. He resigned. Now, that's, that's good on him, but it still shows Urban Meyer, number one, didn't have the wherewithal to say, I made a mistake. I, you got to go. No, the man resigned, one. Two, you already sold your players under the bus because you didn't let them be a part of a decision that affected them more than it affects you. And three, you had another list of controversial people you stick behind or things you stick behind to your resume, and you haven't even coached the damn practice yet. Urban Myers, ladies and gentlemen. In addition, doesn't this show, you know, embarrassment to the Jacksonville Jaguars organization, to the ownership, to the leadership above the coaching, like the people that are in charge of the actual franchise part of it? Shouldn't they be well aware of the hirings that are going on? Shouldn't somebody as a team president have somebody 
beneath them that's in charge of somebody else that checks all these people out before it hits the media i mean unfortunately to me this is a direct reflection of the top trickling downward and why jacksonville jaguars as a franchise haven't been very good at all well i mean you know how this works though tony snarly whiplash aka shaka khan aka shaheed khan owner of the jaguars well done I, well, because like I said, said it right. right. Once. Yes. <laughs> well, because I had so many AKAs, so I couldn't just let it linger. Plus, I don't know if the weave is familiar with, you know, my Shaka Khan joke. Now you are, and from this point forward, Shahid Khan shall be known as Shaka Khan. But they want to win, and Shaka winning is Khan. the most important thing. So they probably—that's funny. I feel for you. So they probably just handed the keys to Irv and said, "Hey, man, do your thing." make us a winner and he's like hey this is my boy right here that's my boy right there I'm going to bring in my staff and assemble the staff that I want you know how that works so I've got a little bit of inside intel in regards to Urban Meyer because him and I we were actually at Bowling Green at the same time and obviously you were a student like and he was a, you were a student and he was the coach right Fuck you, yes. Okay. That's just, make, yes. just making sure we're going to get this right to everybody because it was just you know yeah, yeah, but, you know, I, I was friendly with a lot of the players on the team, and, you know, some of them liked him. Obviously, Omar Jacobs liked him because he, you know, that was the quarterback at the time. He got him into the league, and he was a fringe Heisman candidate the year he was there. But some of the other players, they weren't really fans of Urban. And, they're, you know, I, I'm not going to really throw dirt on people's names because it's – even though I do it, but, you know, they're not my stories to tell. I, I just heard some interesting stories in regards to Herb. But – you, you can't knock his success. It is what it is. I mean, offensively, this guy is a genius coach. So I understand why he keeps getting these jobs. But I don't know how he thought that shit was going to work, bringing on your mans. Uh, it's different when you're in college because you're, you're trying to get to that next level because everybody goes to college to, you know, prayerfully get a good-ass job when they leave college. That's why you go to school. You kind of got to take some of that shit as a college kid because you don't have any say. What are you going to really do? And, you know, the way that we deify these college coaches, there's not a whole lot you can say about that. But when you go to the next level, the NFL, I'm making more money than you, homie. I'm the product here. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, the players matter more than coaches. So why would you think that these Mellon Farmers, he's going to be able to pull that same dog and pony show that he was able to do to those kids, those poor kids in college? How do you think that was going to equate to the NFL? He will get his ass whooped. I'm not saying Talking you're wrong, bullshit. and I completely, you know, but Urban Meyer-wise, I think these are all the same kids he just coached and recruited for the last 15 years, right? Like, he'd known every, every single person that's in the NFL right now Urban Meyer knows exactly who they are. He's been recruiting kids since you were in college, right? He's recruited all of these people. He's like been that. at a major. Wait, okay. I didn't mean to. No, no, I didn't no, mean to jab at you like that. No, no, well, you're, no, you you're old. This. You're forty. I'm surprised you figured out how to work Skype and get on this call today. But anyway, <laughs> get off my I couldn't. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, embrace the hate. You're fucking old. Deal with it. Ah. Urban Meyer has a supreme confidence in himself. That's that's the problem, and that's probably the reason why he's so successful. Confident people are very, very successful or very, very much in trouble. And this guy seems to skate the line between the two. I love you use the word confident because I would use a different word, arrogant. It's There's a, a fine line between those two things, and I've tried to walk that line and 
couple different aspects of my life. And you know what? When you get confident enough, you really don't give a shit about the people who think you're arrogant. You just continue to be you as long as it's successful. And that's that right. That tenant right there is why he is because he doesn't give a shit if he's looked at as confident or arrogant. But that arrogance is the same thing that allows him to do some of the shit he's done and not even have a thought of, well, somebody's going to have a problem with this. I don't give a fuck. I think the, the, to part of it, though, too, is a lack of self-awareness at times when you become that big. I think you can still play the confidence as arrogance as long as you're self-aware but when you begin to lose self-awareness you make hires like this and they backfire in your face and we talk about you on shows like this well i, I have if, I'm, if i may ask a question to the panel i know this might sound a bit egregious but legitimately do you think something like this with the backlash it's gotten for the team and for the franchise and with the state of our society as as we know it do you think that maybe this could be big enough for him to lose his job no. or at least get him in hot water? Not any. This is the end of it. This is, I mean, we, I, we're we talking about it today. This broke, what, over the weekend? Yeah, I'll say it. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I didn't see, I didn't see anything watching, watching SportsCenter this morning and, this, and, and late this afternoon, nothing on it. it. Like, the story's done already. Once he resigned, it's over with. No. It could lead to more open ears and eyes at the beginning of the situation, which, and, in all honesty, is probably really good for Urban and the cons and the Jaguars yeah. and their fans. And and that's the thing, man. If he comes into Jacksonville and it's a complete dumpster fire of a situation and he's got to run back to college with his tail tucked between his legs on the Nick Saban side of the game, you're going to probably start to hear more stories matriculate out of Jacksonville in regards mm. to certain things. I but if it, it, but winning cures everything in this society. We equate winning with being a, a decent human being. So they'll be able to flip that. And that, you know, that transcends race. Like it just, that's just yeah. how we look at things. But, but about why would you bring a, just real quick, Tony, why you would bring a guy like that onto the panel? Y'all forget, man, these coaches, their egos are just as big as these players. So he's bringing a guy in that he's familiar with this work, and he's saying to himself, I'm Urban Meyer. I'm Herb. I'll make it work. Man, the strength and conditioning, is it, dog. Is it's, it that serious? It's Casino. It's it's um, it's uh, it's Robert De Niro in Casino, right? You're 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 either you're either scamming me, or you're too stupid to know what's going on, right? He's 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 either he either knows it and is trying to get away with it and doesn't care or he's too oblivious to the whole goddamn situation and that's what to me what bodes a problem to the very beginning of his tenure and you know what Plaid you brought up an interesting question let's close it out like this I don't let's let's make it this yeah well you know that's just like uh, your opinion man this is Urban Meyer's last coaching job college or pro. Positive that, or negative? That's my opinion, man. Thoughts? Go ahead. Take 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 thirty seconds, forty five seconds each. You uh positive or negative? I, I look I'll I'll agree with you on this one on this one point. I'll agree with you. He can't keep playing the health game. He's he's left two schools now based on the health excuse. And I'll use excuse I don't I use excuse facetiously or in the wrong pretext 
Because he legitimately has health problems. That's factual. He's 56. Yeah. If he leaves this because of health problems, then it's done. And even if the teams don't say he's done, his wife better sit his ass down and say, don't get up no more. So I I think I agree with you. Herb is the new next town Larry Brown. And I know y'all both get that reference and that analogy. I don't mind it. So. 56 years old, that's still relatively a young man. You want some flowers? Here they are for me and Ray. Good analogy. Well, thank you. Thank you kindly. But 56 years old, that's still relatively young to be a coach. This ain't it for him. Herb gonna be, you know, Herb gonna be somewhere else. Even if Jacksonville works out, he will eventually be somewhere else. Alright. Fair enough. Folks, we're gonna take a break. We got some NBA talk and... Eh, we're gonna end the show reminiscing uh on some unfortunate nostalgia we'll be right back promotional consideration paid for by the following hey folks pc tony here thanks to our new partnership with angry lemonade you can save 10 percent on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code chairshot head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services use the promo code chairshot to save 10 percent that's angrylemonade.net why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome back to Three Man Weave, everybody. Thank you, everybody that's been tuning in, not just to Three Man Weave, but to Chair Shot Radio every morning and everything on the Chair Shot Radio Network. We really do appreciate it. We're trying to give you consistent and current content every single day of the week. We have so many great players in this game that's called Chair Shot Radio Network for you. So please continue to tune into that. Sports entertainment and sports entertainment. That's the umbrella in which we invade your earballs. Go ahead, Ray. And weather. And, and weather and cooking, everything else. That's just what we do. You name it, we do it. If it's in your life, we're going to hit you with it. TheChairShot.com. Platt, it's not just a website. It's a movement. I thought you were going to maybe go always use your head, but yeah, it's oh, a movement. Yeah, I like the movement. All right, NBA talk. Gentlemen, let's start right here. I think the biggest news is Anthony Davis, what they thought could have been Achilles soreness, which he's had and missed some games is now going to be out two to three weeks with a calf strain. Let's go, let's let's play this by ultimate optimist and ultimate pessimist. So we'll start with Ray, bring it back to me, and we'll let Platt finish up on this go-round to start it. Anthony Davis, out two to three weeks with a calf strain. For the Lakers, what's the ultimate optimism and the ultimate pessimism? Ultimate pessimism is clearly they can go on a losing streak and slide down um, very low in the in the rankings where they they won't have home court. I I think that's that's really thinking pessimistically. Optimistically, I think, which is probably what's going to happen, is this will be really good for the team as a whole because you get a chance to give people like Montrez Harrell and Kyle Kuzma opportunities that, that they weren't getting because of 
of uh, Anthony Davis in that spot. Montrezl Harrell has played well, but he's a guy who probably needs a little more work to get embedded in the offense that they want to run because he's going to be very important to them in the playoffs because AD don't like to play center. So a guy like Montrez can do the dirty work that AD ends up having to do. And we know they're going to have to play Jokic or they're going to have to play Gobert or something. There's going to be some center they're going to have to play going in. Nurkic, is if, if he's healthy, some center they're going to have to play going into the uh, further on down the line. Either itch way um, you put it, he's going to have to face a center. He's going to have to scratch that itch, yes. You, Yeah, itch. It, not which. Either itch way you put it. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that was it. I, I think that – so I think it's good for the team. I think sometimes, as, as long as it's not a long time being out and not a major injury, sometimes it's good when the superstar gets hurt because it allows the teams to get some confidence and players who wouldn't normally play, um, THT, Horton Tucker, like people like him, to get some time and get some confidence that when their number's called in big moments – they're ready. I agree with you on the optimistic side of it. I don't think there's much else to add to the fact that players grow and it just works out for the team that way. On the pessimistic side, I think you could go farther. AD continues to deal with this injury throughout the rest of the season. LeBron has to play extra minutes to keep the seed high. You're losing LeBron. You're losing valuable minute you're losing quality to valuable minutes late in a playoff run by burning more minutes earlier in the season right so there is a lot of pessimism there i don't think it really matters what seed the lakers are in the playoffs i don't even think it matters if they're the five seed i don't think if it matters they have to go on the road every single game if they're healthy in the playoffs it doesn't matter just because you're not going to see a full allotment of fans i don't think from the nba but Optimistically, I agree. Pessimistically, I think you could see a real, a real problem with them just trying to get out of the West if these injury problems consist for Anthony Davis and more tax is being put on LeBron on a night-to-night basis. All right, so ultimate pessimist, and I know I butchered that word, but whatever. They lying. They lying. Nadamika, I'm saying it. I mean, this is a guy that has a history of being injury prone and perhaps they're lying to us similar to how they lied to us a couple of years ago, saying that LeBron's hip injury wasn't as bad as you thought it was. And then this Mellon Farmer didn't play for the rest of the year. Optimistically, hey, let the man sit out for a little bit. Let him rest it. They don't really need him at this particular point in time. And you have no reason to play him because there's no fans there for the foreseeable future. So you can't play that, oh, well, you're cheating the fans because they paid their hard-earned money to come watch these guys play. You can't use that as an excuse right now because there's no fans. So let him rest. Like Ray said, let some of these guys kind of get more acclimated to the offense and come playoff time. I don't even know when the playoffs start this year. But come playoff time, they'll be a well-oiled machine just like they were last year. Great point, great point. All right, let's talk a little bit of trade rumors. Two have been very prominent, and they're two guys that aren't going to be easy to deal. Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, both going to not play until their respective teams, Cleveland and Detroit, which is funny because we just talked about Cleveland and Detroit (laughs) in a different sport. But I think the problem that people don't understand is Andre Drummond – as much as he is a statistical phenomenon, like 
Over a three-year span, he's averaged 17 and 15. No one's done that since Moses Malone from 78 to 81, and he won two MVPs doing that, okay? But the difference right. is the competition that he has as opposed to Moses Malone, right, and the teams he's playing for, etc. So Drummond's owed almost $29 million for the rest of this season. Blake Griffin is owed $36 million for the rest of this year and another $30 million, $39 million next year. It makes it really hard to move these guys. And drops Mike. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> now, when we're talking about Andre Drummond, are we talking about center Andre Drummond or new Cleveland starting shooting guard Andre Drummond? <laughs> <laughs> Andre is so interesting to me as a player because... I mean, I know the contract, that's kind of a big albatross around his neck right now, but I, I, for the life of me, I don't understand why Cleveland has just been so adamant about trying to get him up out of there, basically since they traded for him. Because what, what is, he, he can't be, what, 27, 28? Yeah, but I, I think a lot of what Tunney said has, has some credence. And would you rather have Andre Drummond at, let's say 29, 30, 28, whatever it is, at the money he makes, knowing who he's going to be, would you rather have Jared Allen? Well, that's why they're trading him, because they want to see what Jared Allen yeah. can do. They already got JaVale yeah. McGee. The problem is, yeah. is those two guys can't play defense together. Yeah. And that's the thing. They're Yeah, they're voting for Jared Allen. Plus, they're a lot higher on Larry Nance Jr. than most of us as well, probably because Larry. his dad was such a dog for that franchise for so long. Well, that and Larry Nance Jr. has an offensive game. He can actually shoot a, ju- shoot a jump shot. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And then when you add Kevin Love back into the mix, I think he's supposed to be coming back tonight, as a matter of fact. Yeah, which I don't think he's going to be there long term. No, but yeah, off season but or, that's a, or trade deadline. Like there's only three pretty. There's only three teams where the money would match up, or teams would be able to move players and be interested. And it's basically Boston who would have to go out and get someone at the exception to trade for him with it and they'd have to do it and separate that trades out far enough so that the NBA doesn't overturn that Chicago does it they could they could trade uh Porter I think and then I said Boston Chicago and San Antonio if San Antonio wanted to move LaMarcus Aldridge they could probably get Drummond or Blake Griffin if they wanted to Drummond would seem more likely to go with that team you're missing one that I got uh an alert about earlier today that I thought about I didn't look at the money but from a from a from a strategic standpoint, it makes sense, and that's Toronto. Well, that's the team. The that problem with the rumored to be that the Cavs are rumored to be talking with. The problem to get with Toronto is they, they. I think they can move. I'm not sure the big man they can move, but it's only like eight million dollars, and to match anything they would have to do, a non-starter would be Nick Lowry, who is like thirty-one million dollars. So the Cavs would be taking on dead money uh, with that Kyle. deal. Yeah, Kyle Lowry. Sorry. Well, they're not trading Kyle Lowry for Andre Drummond. But speaking, we can talk about the money. I don't know what the money matches up. Well, we we can pull. No, it I know. I agree. They're not. I'm just saying that's where the yeah. the problem is. Is the money with these deals, right? But I think strategically, the one thing that they're missing right now, well, besides the fact that Pascal Siakam hasn't grown like we thought he would, is yeah. not that's so a big spicy. Thing. We talked about that last year. We talked about that last year. But uh, they're missing what Marcus O gave them. They're missing that massively. Surge is a no. Surge is in. They're missing Surge too. Shit, I just thought about yeah. it. Surge is gone too. Drummond can give them that guy that doesn't need the ball and can get them twelve and twelve. That's all. And twelve, twelve and twelve and three actually. That's all they need. But yeah, it's got the money. Got to make sense. 
Drummond is so fascinating to me, though, as a player, because I, I know the league has changed, but it's just it's hard for me to believe that a guy with that skill set doesn't have a value or a place in this league. You know what the the name that keeps popping into my head every time I think about Andre Drummond these last few years is Roy Hibbert. Because Roy Hibbert went from a legitimate all-star to obsolete in, in like five minutes. Roy Hibbert was affected by the almost instantaneous change in the league. Like the league yep, went from... The league went, but, 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 but Drummond isn't Roy Hibbert. Roy Hibbert couldn't move. Drummond can move. You can still play with a guy. He could like a Clint Capella, like a DeAndre Jordan, et cetera, et cetera, Tyson Chandler with a Drummond. The problem with Drummond is his stats are accelerated by him being a selfish player. Like, for example, he doesn't box out. He goes after rebounds. And that's going to affect your team in the long haul. There's nothing that pisses me off more than teams that don't box the fuck out. And if you want to say rebounding is not an important stat, well... It's one of those stats that you don't see on paper. You see it in the game. It's deflating when teams get offensive second chances continuously. Boxing out he's is huge. Offense. He's a great, he's a great rebounder, rebounder, but he's a selfish he, stat yeah. guy. His, his stats are inflated by selfishness and being on bad teams. He's very good but, commodity, but not for thirty fucking million dollars in one season. That's my who opinion. Who the hell is out here saying dumb shit like that? Like rebounding doesn't matter. Who the hell said that dumb shit? There's a lot of people. Trust me. Seriously? Yes. Seriously? We live in a world now where the only thing that matters to a lot of fans is how many buckets can you get? They don't respect defense. They don't respect strategy. They don't respect rebounding. They don't respect the things that the things that get you the things you gotta have the ball to score buckets. And the only way you get the ball is by getting a rebound, by getting playing good defense and getting a rebound. Do you, you get the ball back? Do you get a fast break? off of uh, unless there's very few teams that get fast breaks off of made buckets that's all i'm gonna say yeah uh, and defense isn't over until you secure possession of the basketball I, I i'm just flabbergasted right now i'm damn near speechless y'all have got me damn near speechless who are these melon farmers out here talking about rebounding is not essential that makes no sense why are you even talking to these people about basketball that say dumb shit like that why, why are we even listening to you? Why do you even speak on basketball? What what the fuck is wrong with you? The fuck is wrong with you? The fuck is wrong with you? Folks, we're, we're going to take a break uh, before Platt, you know, has a coronary. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Sports, 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 sports. All right, last note this weekend, and it's going to start a little bit sad. It is the 20th anniversary this past weekend of Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s passing at Daytona. And I think the positive way to put this is the safety that's come from that crash and the way things have changed as far as being safer for the drivers within NASCAR. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts thinking about that? Because I remember 20 years ago when that happened and, 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 you know, 
it looked like any other crash but at the time the hans device wasn't there and the head wasn't secure and they'd go on to make more scientific advancements to continue to protect the drivers but i think it's funny everything dale earnhardt senior did in his life pales in comparison to his death being a positive effect on the sport that he loved so much and I, I hate to sound so morbid or flippant about it, but Tony, I, I I remember that day as well. And you know, like you said, you see the crash, and on paper, yeah, I, I've seen guys walk away from way more horrific crashes than that. You know, so you're thinking, wow. But I, I think you're right that yeah, his contributions to NASCAR, which are vast. I mean. Regardless of where you're at, depends on how you feel about Richard Petty. But in some particular order, it's Richard Petty and it's Earnhardt. They're one and one A, kind of like Rock and Stone Cold, just depending on your personal preference. But I, I, I agree with you. The uh, safety measures that have been taken since his death, it's improved the sport. And kudos to them. You know, it's a sobering and a harrowing thing to think that, as you put it, somebody who was so integral into the history of the sport and was by all stretch of the imagination with respect to the king, Richard Petty, the greatest person in the history of that sport and the greatest thing they ever did was die because of what came with came from. That's a very sobering thought. But I also want to want to bring to to light that there comes a time in every sport where something bad, something horrifically bad has to happen for the sport to grow. I mean, we're wrestling fans. The Benoit death was what changed the trajectory of pro wrestling into being safer and growing, right? We're talking about this in the Hans device. Lenny Bias overdosing changed basketball forever, college and pro. So many negative things have had to happen for good things to happen. And it's sad that it has to be that way. But, you know, for those of you who are spiritual, who those of you aren't, there's always some. It's always a, a, a adage of something having to shake you and make you realize that this is not working. And I appreciate the fact, as sad as it was that Dale, Dale Sr. passed in the manner that he did, at the race that he did, if that would have been any other race, would it have been as important, you know? At the time and at the race and at the situation in which he did, allowed the one sport that needs technology more than any other to get into the technological age. So, um, you know, uh, my heart, my, my thoughts and prayers go to the family. Dale Jr. didn't have a career so much where he didn't retire and living his best life. And how cool was it that the man that, that drives a number three, three car, Austin Dillon, finished third? He almost won the damn race. I think that's uh, pretty cool. All right, so great transition. Speaking of the Daytona 500, we'd have an enormous delay due to a horrific crash again just the craziness that was happening and then we'd have a lightning and snow delay in daytona speaking of weather being crazy this is a fucking okay dwi is a cooking show and three-man weave is a weather show it's official that's how the chair shot radio network rocks it okay that's the true story but i thought pot is war was a cooking show pot is war is a hybrid cooking slash psychological warfare show <laughs> I would have just said shenanigans, but okay. Yeah. But Michael McDowell becomes Michael the, McDonald. Michael oh, Michael McDowell. 
What is it? Excellent. I love it. Like you guys sound like angels. Michael McGee. They play that song one more time. Yama, we gonna burn this place down. All right. Speaking of the forty old version, there you go. Bring that full circle, right? Okay. Michael McDowell, first victory ever in five hundred starts or something like that, or five years, so many starts. Good for him. He becomes the third person to ever win the Daytona 500, only leading the last lap. The first was Austin Dillon in 2017. 28, no, the first was Kurt Busch in 2017. The second was Austin Dillon in 2018. Let's talk about something that I think, real briefly, that applies to NASCAR. And the problem that, twofold, that it's not as popular as it used to be. One, they don't have a home network to save your life. You don't know where to tune in to find them, right? And two, why is the race so goddamn complicated now? Can't we just have 500 laps and whoever is in first at the end is the fucking winner? Why do we got to break this down nine ways from Sunday? It doesn't make any sense. It seems like they tried so hard to fix something and they just broke it even worse. That's how I feel about white people in America. When y'all be trying so hard to fix shit, you just make it worse. But but <laughs> it's not Aunt Mama no more. It's Florida's best or whatever it's called. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> I I don't understand. They're making it harder to watch because, like you said, yeah, the point of it is just I understand the point system. I do because the point system helps when you're ranking to, because at the end of the season when it's playoffs, only people who have a certain amount of points make it. I get that, right? So I get a point system. But they had a I point went, system. They had all of that stuff. Yeah, that for a while, yeah. That point well, system. See, shit, I didn't know that. There they, you go. I mean, you they just, me well, they just changed. I mean, they just turned it into the playoffs. They didn't have playoffs before. The playoffs are like in the last decade, a little less than that, right? But it just – it's too complicated. I mean, I'm a guy who I, I followed it a lot more when I was younger, um, late '90s, early 2000s ish, the the peak of it, right? And didn't necessarily follow it, follow it, but I was in pools and had to pick drivers to finish and place each week, and would tune into the end of these races. So I knew what was going on from a week to week basis, even though I didn't sit down and watch four to six hours of NASCAR every single weekend, right? But back then. There was one race, and you just went around, and whoever was in first at the end. Now it's like broken down into sections, and you get extra for this. I, I just don't understand. And neither do you guys. And that's why we're not watching. And that's why we'll probably only cover this when the Daytona 500 comes, and when they finish the end of the season and go, hey, congratulations to number whoever for winning the NASCAR Cup this year. I have one question. Legitimately. Why is it 500 miles? All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back after this commercial. I guess I don't know what to say next. Well, I would like to thank Ray Cash for bringing Three Man Weave to a complete halt this week. <laughs> must be the money. It's gaming so cold. Must be the money. Must be the money. That's basically the answer to anything. If you can't find the answer, the answer is must be the money. It's gaming so cold. Must be the money. Must be the money. Can we go out with that, by the way? Shout out to the fact that you remember the words to that song. You're the only person I know that knows the words. 
Well, I mean, I, I listen to it like probably once every eight to nine months just because it's hilarious to me. I'll pull it what, up on YouTube. What's the better, like, crazy athlete song? Must be the money by uh, your boy Dion or my name is Willie. Willie Beeman. Which one's better? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Damn. That's like choosing between your children, man. I mean, <laughs> God damn. Gun to my head. Oh, my God. Shit. I got to go Willie. Gun to my head. But I don't I would, feel comfortable about the decision. I, yeah, I'm, I, I, I understand that, too. And I think the fact that Willie's not real helps because he, <laughs> he, he went into it a little deeper than Dion could. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's how much we care about the Daytona 500 other than <laughs> the situation. So, yeah. Um, rest in peace to Dale Sr., 20 years. Hopefully, shout out to Sasha Banks, green, the green flag. And that's about all I got for you. And the Street Profits, I think, uh, also came out and uh, pre-Daytona 500 did some stuff with them. Hung out with the cup winner, Chase Elliott, who finished second. You got so it. So there's well another thing. Well done. And Kalisto was there as well with Sasha, which I, I think they Should've got stopped going at the on. Street Profits. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think Kalisto and Sasha got a little something going on. No, yeah, he was there as well. No, yeah. Well, no, Kalisto's wife was there too. So yeah. unless it's I mean, one of them. the three of them, just the three Might of us. One of them. We can make it if we try. Just the three of us. Don't put it in my eye. Wrap us up, play. In my yeah, because I was about to make a very racist joke, so I'm just going to wrap us up now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what do you, is a what, do you, what do you get when you put... Uh... <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Um, well, shit, Ray, man, why don't you let it go to folks <laughs> to make sure we have a show next week to come back to. <laughs> um, okay. You can find me at uh, It's Ray Cash R-E-Y as in Mysterio C-A-S-H as in Dollars uh, If I may Check out Outsiders Edge C-S At, at Well at Outsiders Edge C-S uh, Also Bandwagon Nerds At Bandwagon Nerds We're in the middle of the 90s project right now I'll let your boy on that And um, The midweek mainstay Of Chairshot Radio Get a little head trauma In a good way uh, Me and Mags Every Thursday on Chairshot Radio We're doing big things they work in me, so buy some shirts so it makes sense. You can follow me at PC Tony. You can probably find me all over Everywhere. the chair, all over the Chair Shot Radio Network. I, I love what we're doing. I, I I just want to shout out to everybody that's working on Chair Shot Radio Network right now. I know we have tons of great writers at thechairshot.com, and I love all those guys too. But everybody that's working on the podcast side, you guys are just doing a bang-up job. We're on fire right now. And everybody that's listening, we thank you. We're continuing to strive. New content every single day for you. Tons of talented people. Chris Platt's definitely one of them. And Ray well, thank you. I just God. was transitioning to Chris Ray. No, it's all, it's all good, yeah. I, 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 sometimes you, got, you have to be nice to your elders, you know? I get you it, yeah. Good I know. I wasn't, I was actually, maybe I should say it louder. Chris, you're definitely one of them. Okay, so you both can suck my dick because I'm 40 and I'm still beautiful. I make 40 look good. At this God point, it. it'd be like, you know, pulling on a rope, but go ahead. Hey, man, sometimes, you know, back in the day, it used to uh, wake me up, and now some days it watches me tie my shoes. But you all can find me on Twitter at the Real C Platt. 
more importantly, make sure y'all go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt. I say it day in and day out, week in and week out. If you enjoy the content we do provide here day in and day out, make sure you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and make sure we keep providing that content. And if you type in the promo code President's Day, it won't work. Something might happen. Nothing will happen. Something might happen. They'll say this I'm not is not a valid it. code. It might. Try it. What, what do you have to lose? Everything. You're already at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. You might as well try it. You ain't got shit to lose. Make sure y'all check out the Outsider's Edge, Bandwagon Nerds, DWI, Pod is War, Head Trauma. I love that name. It just makes me think all types of nasty shit. And everything else, the Greg DeMarco Show, the daily chair shot shows we have. Just check out everything we have, man, because everything is dope. I thought Tony was going to say something, but he didn't. I still don't know what he's saying. He's just saying words, but nothing's coming out. Like, I, you know, he, he forgot that he has a voice box. So we're just going to wrap this up. Shout out to we everybody. We should record that and use that against him. Just that, just him talking. We should use that. I'm with it. <laughs> I'm with it. But, I mean, come on, man. I mean, look, look, look at the guy, man. I mean, we got enough material to last us a lifetime. So, but Before <laughs> you go, one more time, happy birthday to you, man. Legitimately. We joke a lot, but here you are, our brother for real, like blood, blood. Love you, man. Hope you had a good one. Here's the 40 more. Um, we'll roast you on the time for your birthday, Tony. And if we're still doing this eight years from now, hey, I'll give my love then too. Yeah, Chris, happy birthday. Take us home. All right, so the other guy, man, you know, breath smelling like Similac still wet behind the ears. And your millhouse looking ass. I don't even have to say anything other than Millhouse looking ass. So for <laughs> for Mr. Ray Cash, for the Commissioner PC Tunney, I legitimately love both you guys as well. Thank you so much. I hope you guys have half as much fun listening as we did recording. We'll see y'all back here next week. Same plat time, same plat channel. Until then, shalom. My name is Willie. Baby, I keep the ladies craving, and all my fans got screaming. You can defeat me, you're dreaming. Little motherfucker talking shit. Cause the fact is involved. When the fact is involved, the problem gets resolved. Exactly. Here's the fact. You set, motherfucker. Here we get in the gym. Come on. Generously, child find of America. And let's make every kid feel like a superstar. You should have fought for that superstar line. No. Giving, team sport, those are the lines. Meanwhile, honey, you used to do this spot alone. Okay, yeah. Could you take care of Julian for me? This guy, he's a, he's a top plastic surgeon. I think I could get him to see you tonight. I introduce, introduce the invisible juice. I keep the ladies called Kramer and all my fans. I got a scream. If you can defeat me, 
you're dreaming. Inflate your chest. Get metrics. He gotta go to work. Could. Could. Go.